0: world was much larger then the forest went on forever we tree spirits nurtured the harmony of all living things but our closest friends were humans then as sometimes happens the balance of nature shifted and Hexus, the very spirit of destruction rose up from the bowels of the earth and rained down his poison the forest was nearly destroyed Many lives were lost, and the humans fled in fear, never to return. Most think they didn't survive.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. And this is the Cartoon Cast back for another bootlegged segment. Um, yes. This is a semi regular feature that we do where we check out an animated movie instead of a cartoon as regular, as denoted by the lack of a sketch at the top of the episode. So you're welcome if yes. you dislike our sketches.
2: Enjoy the strangely energetic, like, rock grooves of this movie.
1: Yeah, and don't get too married to the energetic rock groups, because they genre shift pretty quick out of that.
2: <laughs> there's there's generally a good baseline in all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's um, what I think about when I think of Rainforest.
1: Yeah, baseline. Maybe some pan
3: foods. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, so uh, today we are watching uh, a movie that was suggested to us by a number of people, I believe. Uh, do we have any names?
2: Uh, it was back a while ago. I just remember we've had it in the back pocket for a while.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm actually going to check real quick to see if I can find if there was anybody specifically who suggested it. I don't think there was. Nope, not on there. Okay, I don't know who suggested it, but it has been suggested to us, and for good reason. Uh, Zane, tell us about Ferngully. Yeah,
2: so Ferngully, The Last Rainforest, there's a colon in there, subtitle, uh, came out in 1992, and it was based off a book by Diana Young and produced by her husband Wayne Young, as well as Peter Feynman, who had directed Crocodile Dundee. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, so we're not even that far out of our way No, it's the
2: same continent Touring even out of our way uh, And it was directed by Bill Croyer Who was one of the main animators on Tron So they they had some talent going into this um, mm-hmm. And it, it couldn't be made Until uh, After animation Sort of was repopularized By the Little Mermaid, you know, they had the idea for it Maybe a decade prior um, But once Little Mermaid hit, you know, animation was, was much more popular, and so they felt like they could uh, produce this with moderate uh, to good success. Uh, it combines CGI and hand-drawn animation, like we saw in The Brave Little Toaster. Um, and it has a lot of, uh, you know, it has a lot of themes and general plot points that, that kind of place it in its era. So, uh, Oh, this movie
1: is all theme.
2: It, it's all theme, but in terms of there like...
1: Is- there is—I—I I don't think that we've dealt with anything that has been as much its message yes. as a piece of as a piece of media as this has. Per, perhaps the Magic School Bus <laughs> gets close.
2: The message and theme is pretty overwhelming. The specific plot points remind me a lot of other things that came out at around the same time, uh, specifically *Pocahontas* and *Dances with Wolves*.
1: I was thinking a lot about Pocahontas. Uh, Later on, it actually became compared to Avatar as having Avatar, uh, not The Last Airbender, but James Cameron's Avatar as borrowing a lot of themes from this. But in fact, it was just borrowing themes from Dances with Wolves, which is also (laughs) similar. Yeah, they're all
2: in the same sort of of class and they borrow from each other. It's just in this movie, we replace the uh, uh, threatening indigenous cultures with threatening the rainforest
1: yeah so it's it's very similar in in theme and tone to a lot of those you know neither side is particularly right it's just a matter of seeing the other side's point of view sort of thing mm. um this m- movie met with fairly positive reviews and was a moderate success at the box office
2: yeah but, there were uh, some bigger things coming out at the same time most specifically aladdin um but frankly right. you know given that it's mostly known for this overt message it's still considered to have you know good voice acting and overall you know not great but yeah a, a good watch
1: it's unique in that it was uh the most successful non-disney animated film to date and hmm. uh also you know we, we said that it's mostly about its message there are a lot of films that are mostly about their message that failed to be entertaining and uh one of the things that i think the um i think the producer said was that he he wanted, first and foremost, for it to be entertaining as well as uh, educational Educational in the environmental sense. Yeah, it should be both. And so I think they succeeded on certain aspects. Uh, there is a book that came out called Disney, Pixar, and the Hidden Messages of Children's Films, wherein mm. um, the author of that book states that Ferngully did a good job of focusing on those themes, but it broke down a little bit in how those themes articulated within the rest of the plot for example i've got a lot of things to say about the main antagonist Hexus, yeah. which in lieu of having the enemy be us which is true it is this kind of amorphous almost platonic ideal of deforestation right
2: in very much in the captain planet sense
1: very much captain planet yeah like this anthropomorphized
2: version of these ills which you know when you're just fighting this toxic Smog monster, it's a lot more clear-cut than like, well, we have to balance, you know Deforestation and environmental concerns with economic and you know, cultural boundaries and all that stuff
1: Yeah, and in his own words He said that it diluted the political message somewhat and also that a lot of the characterization of the of the of the premise you know, like a Uh baddie being very humorously toned and the idea that we weren't really shown the impetus behind the deforestation sort of weakens the Message like why is this happening? It's not just happening for no reason. We have to cut it off at the source We don't get any of that man. Why can't get everybody just ag-
2: be good and, and make good decisions that? <laughs> you know, I don't understand why it's so obvious to me
1: Yeah, and, and that's the thrust of this movie is just make the good decisions and don't make the bad decisions <laughs> Like they, they don't give you kind of the flavor of what is driving those bad decisions They're just like <laughs> we can stop that you know, deforestation machine when it's at our doorstep, okay. and nobody's going to have a problem with that. What about sending it there? What about how is it built? What about why is it necessary in our society? Yeah, so, like, so we don't get much of that.
2: In case you were wondering, the Cartoncast Magneto rule is in full effect. Uh, we, <laughs> no matter how obviously evil the antagonist is, we're going to find some some way that the story didn't do them justice.
1: Oh, don't 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 misconstrue my words. What I'm <laughs> saying is that they don't tell us enough. Of the fabric of this struggle for us to get a realistic depiction of what is what we have to do as a people to kind of overcome this iron environmental catastrophe right and we don't get a lot of that here in spite of the uh, so like big strength of this movie it is very entertaining and well done weakness of the movie it doesn't quite go f- far enough in the themes that it's trying to articulate but I think you'll agree with me that it is well remembered because of how effective it was as a piece of media
2: yeah, like, they they pulled out all the stops, like, they know what their goal is, and they did everything they could to emphasize that message.
1: Right, um, and whether or not it had a huge environmental effect, or, like, affected a lot of people who watched it, is kind of hard to gauge, but there's no arguing that this movie wasn't hugely successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna handle this in classic bootleg style. We'll talk a little bit about the characters, and then we'll just go into the plot hole hog. Uh, unless Zane, do you have anything else that you wanted to bring
2: up at the at the onset? Um, well, quick comment on the fact that the subtitle is the Last Rainforest. Um, okay. So th- this this movie takes place in Australia, and it basically has a bunch of fairy creatures who interact with the humans, um, and one in particular, is Zach. And tries to convince Who them really to wants not. to interact with the fairies <laughs> tries to convince uh, the humans not to destroy their home um, if this is the last rainforest in Australia so so in my mind I've seen this in sci-fi sometimes like there's a world-shattering nuclear strike and Australia is isolated enough that it it, it alone was unharmed really uh, Australia is known for this I, I've seen it in a few different sci-fi things where like oh if if the nuclear powers go to war australia is kind of the only country that could reasonably be expected to get off you know with less devastation
1: i know that in uh, uh children of men the last holdout that was um kind of isol- insulated in some degree from the rampant rioting and breakdown of civilization was britain but i think that's just because it had british actors in it and not for any other real reason okay. uh,
2: australia is an island in every way more so than britain is yeah, um, but the idea is we don't the same. need no. Co-
1: we're our own country. <laughs> we're our own continent. Forget it.
2: We're both half of it's uninhabitable already.
3: <laughs> um,
2: but it, w- what this means is, if if Australia is all that le- all that's left, and this is the last rainforest, and humans are still trying to destroy it, <laughs> like it, it, yeah. it even more emphasizes the fact that like we're not we're not gauging our priorities correctly.
1: And that's one of the parts of the movie that we really do get a lot of uh, evidence for, that I think is part of the theme that comes through really well. The why of it doesn't come through very well, but the kind of philosophy that the humans have in regards to this, uh, in regards to Ferngully, in regards to the rainforest, I think that part is characterized fairly fairly good.
2: Yeah
1: perhaps without some of the motivation behind it. But we'll get into it once yeah. we get to the plot. Uh,
2: a couple couple other general things about the movie. Um, one that I'll tackle sort of at the end is I don't think that this succeeded as well as, you know, things like Pocahontas, and, and we can try and figure out why that is. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I wasn't as big a fan of this movie as I think you, you seem to be because to me this movie felt both short and padded at the same time. Um, it's I felt, hard to say. I felt like there were a lot of interactions that didn't contribute, um, and yeah. there's a lot of like celebrity voice cameos or songs that don't like it doesn't feel real and it doesn't contribute to the plot or the characters. Like, so
1: that that's a good point, and I want to break. This movie on could that. have
2: been shorter, and it's pretty short already.
1: It's pretty short already. It's an uh, hour fifteen, and th- you mentioned that you know it, it felt a little padded, maybe in part because of the musical. Aspect to it. This is an animated musical fantasy film and I thought had a really good approach to the music that they put in in that those were very kind of short segments that showcased beautiful things that we wanted to see in Ferngully, which I think is part Mm -hmm. of the point we want to see How magical a place this rainforest is and doing it through a musical is a good way to kind of wrap our attention up in it
2: Yeah You can you can get involved in the emotionality without expecting the plot to move forward
1: Yeah, and and so I think that was a lot of why the the music didn't bother me
2: that is well done I don't understand why you know those little like bug riding things needed to be there
1: you you didn't like the motorcyclists. I,
2: I didn't understand why there was a Komodo dragon that set, spent a song talking about eating Zach.
1: Oh yeah, the uh, hedonism bot. <laughs> yeah, that's that's,
2: that's 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 who he was channeling.
1: Yeah, there there's a. Uh, it's weird to say that it's it's a little they put a lot of weird unnecessary world building in. Mm. Um. I didn't think that it detracted from it so much as it distracted from it.
2: Right, because the focus is on the setting and this central conflict. And in that sense, I think Avatar is actually a, a closer uh, a comparison because, you know, James Cameron made that world just to be like a world. And it does motivate the plot better, I guess. Like, it motivates the
1: other side. Mm-hmm. Like, they got to get that unobtainium.
2: <laughs> got to get it. <laughs> <laughs> find when, those emeralds. In real life, unobtainium is just wood.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. So uh, yeah. your 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 thoughts going into this are that it what was unfocused or that its drive didn't meet its ability to present or what? What what is the uh, what are you thinking? Like the answer is?
2: I'm I'm not certain yet what was good about this movie and what was bad. Um, It feels weird to say I think they should have cut out some of the things that I didn't like and made this movie like an hour. That doesn't feel right. But at the same time, I don't know how they could really lengthen the plot in a way that works.
1: I wouldn't want it to lengthen it in any way. I would feel weird if it was less than the amount of time that it is. So I guess I understand what you mean. There are a couple scenes that seem a little bit padded. But at the same time, it is giving us this tapestry of wildlife that I think they're going for. So I had a very easy time giving that a pass. Mm. Um, You should bring up uh, the moments that happened where you felt like we didn't need this. Yeah,
2: I'll keep an eye for them.
1: Yeah. Uh, At the very least, I think we can agree that every line that comes out of Robin Williams' mouth is absolutely 100% plot critical.
2: <laughs> Robin Williams is in this movie and that's let's t- let's about, talk about the characters. that's about all I can say about him.
3: <laughs> Cheech and Chong
2: are here? Like Christian Slater is a supporting character? Why is why why is Tim Curry in here? Why, Tim Curry as the only character that super doesn't need to be in this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> or kind of he's the only character that actively detracts from the movie, I'd say.
2: Like like it, when you pair everything down, this is a story that could fit into th- Thirty minutes as like part of an anthology of shows about this exact thing
1: so let's talk about the characters yeah kind of the main fairy that we're following around I think it's pretty clear is the main character is this fairy called uh, named Krista yeah um, who is voiced by Samantha Mathis which is a hard to say name and she takes on the role of trying to she's like curious about the humans because she doesn't remember a time in which they were destructive so, well, yeah,
2: so the, the humans are sort of spoken about in, in hushed tones. They're not, they're, yeah, no they're one's legends. seen one in, in ever.
1: Yeah, it, it's like the beginning of a of a, of a fairy tale. That, mm-hmm. uh, that the fairies so, like, tell about us. Yeah, exactly. So like w- the, the humans tell the same thing about fairies that, we tell, that the fairies tell about them. Like I, I like that kind of mirroring. Like both of our societies have forgotten about the other one because we're so short-sighted as peoples. That we don't remember the lessons of older generations, which is why these first two characters, Krista and Magi, which I really wish was called Magi, but we're going to let that happen, (laughs) uh, is a really good one because it kind of shows the two approaches to seeing these environmental catastrophes. One of them sees it coming from a mile away because it's happened before. The other one doesn't recognize it for the threat it is because they have no basis for comparison.
2: Yeah, and that that's a, a classic like relationship, like the older, sort of more conservative stance, who's seen trouble before, is, is hesitant to accept uh, what the young one, who, who's everything is new, is and, and exciting. Uh, yeah, she and kind idealistic. Of, she kind of just goes out into the world and doesn't doesn't worry. Yeah, it's
1: any Game of Thrones family. <laughs> <laughs> is the way to is the way to gauge this. Um, what I like about her is that she's part of the target audience, right? She doesn't understand her place in the world, but she has an importance to it. She's got kind of this responsibility to it, even though she doesn't quite understand what it is yet or understand what she can do.
2: Yeah, her her magical abilities are still kind of fledging fledgling. She's a fledgling what? bird.
1: Yeah, something. Yeah. You know, Those things always look gross to me. She
2: needs to be knocked out the nest. Like they needed to... to put,
1: they, like they need to put, be cooked for a little longer.
2: Yeah, so she needs to be cooked for a little bit longer. And, a little bit longer. And the way that she cooks is by um, <laughs> interacting with this new creature, Zach, who is a human.
1: Yeah, he's a uh, he's human. Uh, so he's
2: good. got all the standard human, you know, parts to him. Surfboard. He's got a surfboard. You've got a CD
1: player, <laughs> hair gel, my Walkman. <laughs> Um, oh man, I okay. I love Zach. <laughs>
2: <laughs> ben, the sequel to this has no Zach. It's just Krista and Pips like hanging around saving animals. Terrible, <laughs> awful.
1: Why would? You, how would you make a movie out of that? So Zach is the human that is kind of. Sh- What's the in
2: Pokemon? <laughs> ben, the first sh- movie is like thirty minutes of Fern Gully, and then the sequels are all just like Zach, like trying to raise awareness. <laughs> Yeah, or like doing I would like a okay Planet Earth style document uh, uh, documentary.
1: Yeah, an inconvenient truth about <laughs> Uh I like Zach a lot because uh, he's sort of this teen who considers himself too cool to care about the environment. I guess like not on purpose, but you know he's grown up knowing about the environment is vaguely good, oh, but it doesn't he? get in the way of him doing his job as like this logger.
2: I, I didn't sense that he had much like personality at all like he's a he's a young kid that's the
1: point he's apathetic about it he's from the city he He doesn't
2: think about it until you know he's he meets until he's right there yeah
1: and that's the that's the he's the other half of the target audience where like we have vague ideas that the environment is good but it's too far removed from us and more than anything else it's not a problem for him and it's not his fault
2: it's not his fault and it kind of takes a little bit of doing for him to realize that it's still his responsibility
1: yeah, he, he's complicit. Yeah. And and it's kind of a journey to recognize his role in these horrific events. It's very much like a John whatever, John Smith, is that yeah, his name yeah, in
2: Pocahontas? Well, the, the difference here is, like, Zack never really gets an opportunity to, like, turn on Krista or do something bad. He's just sort of, like innocent of
1: the whole problem and
2: once he innocent once he is
1: maybe not the right word
2: once he's aware of everything he kind of works with the fairies like there's no i would say ignorant instead of innocent ignorant sure
1: because this this movie one of the main thrusts that i thought worked well was that it voices the opinion that zach is at fault here even though he didn't like cast a vote he's just kind of a cog in the machine that doesn't excuse him
2: I think we get into a deeper philosophical uh, conversation when we try and consider if he's at fault or not.
1: I, I think that's the conversation that the audience, that, that the that the producers want us to have, though. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to come away from this movie thinking, that was good to you know, I hope the rainforest still stays. up. You want to have a personal <laughs> investment in it. That's what that's what the point is. I, I, and should I should think probably, that Zach you does know, a good job of that.
2: I should probably be a vegetarian or something, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> No, you can't. No, everything has a soul. Even spinach, you can't win. So I need
2: to eat more cows? Oh, that's confusing. Well, that's a problem. We like the are, good are things.
1: You, do, do, are you recognizing that uh, Venture Brothers reference that I'm making? Uh, No. It's one of the late seasons where uh, Henchman uh, 24 is coming back to haunt Henchman 21 and kind of giving him secrets about the afterlife.
2: Do we have souls? Yeah, not quite souls, but uh, it's a general idea. Everything has a
0: soul. Crap, so I guess I should become a vegetarian? Yeah,
2: like everything living has a soul. Even spinach, you can't win. Oh, so that's the problem. Also, perhaps counterproductive because, like, I'm pretty sure cows do more to hurt the environment than deforestation.
1: Fucking cows. When are they going to learn?
2: It's their fault.
1: I mean, we're the ones that mass produce the cows, so I think it's still kind of
2: on us. Moo, Montana, you're the real criminal here, <laughs> Marshall. Um, yeah. So moving on. So there's certainly like, you know, watch this in your book group and discuss. You know, what can you do as a as a citizen?
1: I, I think it's most I think It's don't. meant to have a personal investment when you watch this movie. It's supposed to stick, mm-hmm. and I think Zach is our way to do that most easily. Uh, Moving on, there are a couple more characters I wanted to point out. kind of
2: aren't. It's just those two.
1: Those are the main characters. Uh, I wanted to say, uh, I wanted to note that Batty is uh, voiced by Robin Williams as the main comedic relief in this movie.
2: And I would like to say that upon hiring him, they're like, we need him in more of this. And they like quadrupled the size of his part.
1: They, they gave him triple the screen time yeah, based it. on the 14-hour imp- like improv session <laughs> that, that he gave for them, and they built the right script into, around it. They, no, they built the role for him specifically, and it actually led right into his role as the genie in Aladdin. Yeah, so same year. This was actually very. This was pretty pivotal in his career as. a yeah, as this a was voice his actor first. His, this is his stuff. first
2: voice work, right?
1: This is his first animation voice acting role. Wow. So, uh, I mean, this is this is pivotal in his career, which I think is cool.
2: And the character itself it adds this secondary theme of like h- humans are assholes because uh, he is a bat who has been experimented on, and so he's kind of unhinged. Like he has. This, really uh, thought
1: they were going to go more into that when they introduced it like five minutes in, but nope.
2: Yeah, he's got this like uh, uh, it's abandoned. What is it? Like an antenna in his ear, and he like quotes human culture, which okay yeah, it makes more sense reading. than it usually yeah. does. <laughs>
1: Sure. Yeah yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Making re references can actually be explained away in this movie. Yeah, like as soon
2: as he shows up and starts like quoting things, he's like, Now let me explain for the kids. I am connected to the human sense of like I've lived among them, they're terrible people. Let me quote them. <laughs> Did anyone yeah. see me in Popeye? Yeah.
1: <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, yeah, so and I already said that uh his kind of role as a comedic relief detracts from the or hit the levity of it kind of detracts from the seriousness of animal experimentation but
2: he's it, kind of a foil to everything because like yeah when Krista likes Zach he doesn't when everybody turns on Zach he thinks Zach is cool now like he's
1: he's almost like a conscientious objector yeah
2: he's like always wrong <laughs> okay let me backpedal that's not what I mean <laughs>
1: It's like a, yeah, I I don't know. He, he, he doesn't really add much in the way of like a person watching this movie. We can't really relate to him. He's just kind of extra, extra, extra filler character. But I liked looking at him and hearing what he said. So I thought he was fine.
2: Yeah, this is, this is the person who watches the serious nature documentary and is like, oh, these animals, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's that jerk.
1: (laughs) I I didn't see that, but okay. (laughs) You don't know that jerk. (laughs) No, I'm not 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 personally. Uh, you Can know, you just people me?
2: who um, make light of imp- of like important issues. Just Oh, like, just to like be the that guy way?
1: like the guy on the honey badger video or whatever or what are you talking about? Yeah,
2: like the honey badger. Like the noble honey badger.
1: Like the noble honey badger. Nature's
2: greatest troll.
1: <laughs> Other than trolls.
2: Uh, ben, I got to tell, <laughs> tell you. Got to tell you some trolls.
1: <laughs> we should uh, we should talk about hexes briefly.
2: So Hexus is weird. voiced by Tim Curry. Yeah, uh, sometimes on helium.
1: As the spirit of deforestation.
2: Oh boy, this is this was
1: a real this was a real left hook to the jaw for me.
2: I feel like the movie would work better without him.
1: Uh, absolutely, because
2: then it's no question. Because then it's a story about man and the environment and that sort of struggle. Now
1: this, it's a story about it, be, it, be, it would become a story about man failing to live up to his own ideals versus man and fair uniting to defeat, you know, evil. the great evil that is Lord Zed or whatever.
2: The, the, the creature that ironically is completely natural, who's just trying to eat.
1: I know. He's also a spirit. <laughs> yeah. He's just hungry.
2: Yeah, this is the Sauron defense.
1: Yeah, what are you do you And you know what actually reminded me a lot of Princess Mononoke? Because uh, in that one, neither industry or nature is inherently bad, but there are these demons afoot. Yeah.
2: <laughs> It's weird to say that this movie doesn't need him because you know Tim Curry, but also like it's short he enough. He does a as good job,
1: like he's always fun to watch. <laughs> he's but fine. This character doesn't
2: shouldn't. He be sings here. a love song to himself about himself.
1: Oh, a, 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 he sings a burlesque song. <laughs> yeah, it's real, he's doing a striptease inside it's real of sultry.
2: That.
3: <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's great.
2: Uh,
1: but, so yeah, those uh, yeah, are the it,
2: main. Those are the main players. Mm-hmm.
1: And I, there are more like bit players like Pips, who is voiced by Christian Slater, who's like,
2: <laughs>
1: who is just kind of like intimidated by Zack and does some real bro like beating his chest stuff. Yeah, yeah. Classic. <laughs> Doesn't really have a strong place in it, though. So we'll mention him and then get him out of the way.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Do you want to start? Sure. Let's get started on the plot. So it, it opens to some rainforest sounds. Get ready for those. Yeah,
2: uh, there's occasionally, chirping. like, um, they, they work themselves rain. into the music.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: There's, uh, except for the boy choir that's in the background, which is odd.
2: Well, you that's know. fine.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe it's nymphs or something. There's uh, And then slowly, ominous pipes set in as we get this apocalyptic log narrated to us. Uh, as we we're kind of, like, going down this screen. We're, we're, like, rolling past this screen where there's a bunch of chalk hands dust outlines of
2: handprints yeah I don't know what I was expecting but but not that
1: what what is this what does this mean so I
2: think they turn into and cave why is it getting more paintings? sinister in color as we go past they, they turn into cave paintings and it's like telling what happened long ago um, and the narrator talks about how man used to live in harmony with nature until hexus showed up so really it's Hexus's fault all along first off yeah
1: men don't have evil impulses you have to kill the hexus
2: within magic <laughs> Um and he was you know, he spewed poison and oil and such and but thankfully he's been trapped in a tree.
1: For a thousand years.
2: Dun 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 You know yeah, he didn't very He, he didn't break out of the hundred s- year mark, so I think we're good.
1: Yeah, I mean like how much longer could it go? It's gotta work on the metric system, we should be good for another nine hundred. How
2: long do trees live? Longer than that. Nobody knows for sure. Nobody can tell. One of
1: the great mysteries of the world. Uh, yeah, he's sealed away kind of Lavo style, kind of like JRPG. This great evil was sealed away, and the main villain tries to... Mm. uh, Succeeds at breaking him out again, so you have to actually take him down for real real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Feels like a lot of that. I really like the great presentation of this opening salvo, though. Like, I didn't understand the handprints, but... The cave drawings telling the story alongside the narrator. It felt like uh, that scene in *Prince of Egypt* when they're talking about the uh, casting all the firstborn into the er, earth, ch- casting the male children into the river. Well,
2: it's ab it's abstract, and it's it's setting the stage for the focus to be on the environment more so than the people.
1: Yeah, that's true, and it's told to us by Magi, yes. who's uh, lecturing Krista in some doing some magic tutoring. Yeah, but she,
2: Krista's like the uh, you know like the next grand elder to be in the future so gotta train her now
1: the next grand elder to be in the future
2: <laughs> is that too too many titles
1: no no it's on point yeah. <laughs> although i'm gonna start talking i'm gonna start referring to you as the next grand elder to be in the future <laughs>
2: uh, i can only be uh, spoken of in several future participles
1: uh and the uh, christ is a bad student
2: yeah she so... she wants to hang out with her gentleman friend
1: yeah, her these gentlemen callers. But Dad, I want to go hang out with Kyle.
2: If you could fly, you would not sit still in school listening to how things were a thousand years ago.
1: If I could fly, I would have died by now. Uh, definitely, I, I have
2: no self-control.
1: Uh, yeah, and uh, so she she kind of like yeah, I'll, I'll I'll meet up with you later. I'm gonna go hang out with my friends for a while, and this weirdly upbeat musical starts.
2: Yeah, bass heavy
1: why is it so happy after the apocalypse log so this is
2: so the music is weird in this uh it was it's a
1: very abrupt tonal
2: um, shift it was composed by alan silvestri who did back to the future forrest gump um and stitch so, yeah, very
1: well, very well uh, established,
2: and it captures the emotions well, and it crescendos nicely. Like in, it only in...
1: captures the emotions of that particular moment. Yeah. It has no concept of what just
2: happened. It goes in and out very quickly. Yeah, and we get, like, we get some very fast tension and release in a lot of these earlier scenes, um, but, w- like, it's not until very late in the movie that we actually get like a long, growing sense of tension.
1: No, and that's because this movie was so much in the musical genre that we had a lot of songs, so maybe it just couldn't support the same tone for a long period of time. But this is real, real quick to go from sad to to happy, isn't
2: it? And and it fades in and out of the songs. Like, you get, like, a a, a measure of prep time.
1: It's too quick. Um, If you remember in Lion King with The Circle of Life the movie starts off right on a high note it's okay that we don't transition into we we don't have any segue into that and it it kind of calms down at the end and gets into the serious stuff yeah
2: it, the the dramatic tension is following an arc here it's going like stepwise it's a step
1: ladder yeah yeah, yeah i definitely agree um, how do you feel about the song itself
2: um i i was generally a fan of most of these songs you know they they go in and out so quickly that you you can't really ground yourself
1: it's like little intermissions from the actual story, and they don't really like need little to have intermissions a... and showing you what's up.
2: Yeah, and they don't really have a chorus. Like, there's nothing mimetic to grab onto.
1: No, um, I like this one as an like opening. I'm struggling salvo. to remember any of them. Well, this one, I, I tried <laughs> to write I down a few notes on each them. one. Uh, this one's a little musically simple, but it's the sort of the m- that's sort of the point is that you don't need much to make this place beautiful. Right. You know, there's a lot of percussion. They give it kind of a ger- Jamaican drum or a Peruvian pan flute kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's really a good, solid setup of Krista's nature as she interacts with the inhabitants. Like, it's all very bouncy and natural, and they get the point across. I was just not a fan of the transitions to and from it.
2: Yeah. Uh, the animation is sort of revealed to us here, like how, how things are going to articulate. Uh, and like you yeah. said, Krista is very carefree and moving, and they can fly, so... Uh, that that's a very neat like motion consideration. Like, how do they fly? They're they're almost like you know fish in water, but in air.
1: Uh, some of the some of the elements in this animation were actually uh, it was mostly hand drawn scenes, but it was complemented by computer animation for mm-hmm. specific things like flocks of birds that uh, would have been much longer to animate traditionally. And it actually have the production time by doing little cheap tricks yeah, like yeah. this. Yeah, control V. Yeah, so so there was like a there was a lot of good um, a, a lot of good kind of like efficiency testing for these minor like computer generated elements. It did I didn't notice any of it.
2: It, it blended very well. Um, yeah. One thing that was clearly done by a human is uh, Krista's <laughs> model, which is very sexualized. Yeah, yeah. What human did this anyway? We're, like we're getting
1: close 16-year-old? to back year territory. <laughs> this is this is like wizards again. <laughs>
3: It's certainly this is not a step up for
1: feminism from wizards, which just—I <laughs> uh—I don't love Krista's model. It she got, you know, I I got I got a, I, I accepted her after a while, but that lipstick, those pouty lips,
2: were pretty jarring at the beginning. Well, the fairies are interesting. Like the proportions are slightly off relative to the humans. It's kind of like an uncanny valley. Like they uh, look like a different species.
1: A little bit. They're definitely the most. I don't know. They don't look that much it's, out of place con- uh, with the rest of the animation. I, I thought subtle, they looked pretty good.
2: But you'll you'll notice like the dimensions of the head and like where the eyes sit is consistently off with the fairies relative to the humans.
1: Yeah, and that's one of those little. I guess that's one of those little things that I didn't mind just because I probably would like it if I noticed it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if I, I like that these are different species. That are like the anything that cements the idea that humans not equal to fairies is fine by me because that's sort of the point.
2: Yeah, they're they're not quite monsters by our classic definition, but they're close.
1: They're close enough that we need like some. Oof, I almost said lubricant. We we need some (laughs) like the culture bridge to get us over that.
2: Just lube on down the culture bridge.
1: Yeah, just lube to the. Why is it a bridge if you need lube? (laughs) It's more of a culture slide. This
2: uh, this movie's full of culture bridges that need lube. (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right i guess we're putting that in the fourth cartoon <laughs> uh, it's good it's nice to see when i can it's nice when i can see that coming ahead of time uh yeah so, so yeah she
2: flies above the canopy and takes yeah, in the I, I will rainforest. say that
1: the animation here is beautiful like i think it looks very good
2: it's neat it's like it's a beautiful and diverse landscape. It doesn't quite look real. It's busy,
1: too. It's busy in the way that you want to believe that a rainforest is busy. Mm-hmm. It's lively. There's a lot going on. You can't focus on everything, so don't try. And it's
2: distinctly Australian, too. Like the glowing caves later. Like that's something oh, that's, yeah. that's specific to that area of the world. Is it really? What, what, what? The, the glowing, like... Um, like there's luminescent uh, uh, caterpillars or glowworms that come down from the ceiling of caves, like in Australia, New Zealand. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's pretty neat. The problem with it is that, like none of it looks quite real. Like it looks very storybook, like children's coloring book.
1: But it's supposed to look fantastic. That's part of the that's part of the point. You want to make this place look magical
2: and not mundane. It does. It does. But again, we're trying to care about the real rainforest, Ben.
1: Eh. I, I, yeah. Why weren't these like, all think...
2: photorealistic people? Cut and pasted.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) That's like that's like telling a newscaster not to wear makeup because you're trying to get away with like you're you're trying to advance feminism.
2: No, people are gonna fire you if you do that. (laughs) It's unfortunate, but it's true. You're showing your bias. You're making everyone else in the news segment look ugly.
3: (laughs) You're showing
1: your bias. Uh.
2: Somebody's bias is showing (laughs) you. So there's (laughs) some real bias showing in this movie.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially some later scenes with, a. Uh, I, I want to keep calling him Max, but that's not right. It certainly looks like a Max. It's
2: close to a Max. Gnarly. Uh, any, any name, we're always just going to be talking about Zach.
1: It's always Zach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Krista does go above the canopy for apparently the first time ever. Weird. What? <laughs> Why?
2: <laughs> like, it's not set up as, like, a joyride. Like, hey, babe, let's go check out the canopy. Yeah, yeah, it oh, just, I don't just she if decides I to go
1: up higher than normal or, or maybe it's just she's done it before but this is the first time she sees human stuff.
2: And there's a good reason why fairies stay below the canopy because a falcon just straight up attacks her. For what reason though? Well, because they're small insect-like things. No, but why are birds we showing exist? it? What
1: is this what is what is the fun This is one of those scenes that I think that you were talking about that doesn't have any function.
2: I I actually thought this was good setting.
1: Why? Because she sees wh- in what way?
2: Okay, so the the falcon
1: can... sirens
2: i don't hear him i'm gonna keep talking no it's fine go
1: ahead i just i wanted to point it out
2: <laughs> well the falcon gives an, an explanation why they don't go up that often but um the reason why she's going up I above is because she sees a mountain in the distance as well as smoke and goes back to tell Maggie. and Maggie's like yeah. oh humans bad
1: yeah and it's named mount murder so you know it's bad
2: yeah um it's
1: actually named mount morning
2: mount i uh, mount warning
1: Mount warning Ooh, threw up a little bit in my mouth. It's a bit. It's a bit, it's a bit rough. <laughs> it's a little on the nose. <laughs> it, it's a little bit like Adam in the tree of knowledge.
3: Yeah.
2: What does this uh, tree do? Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's hard to describe.
1: I don't know, man. I don't got no arms. I'm just a snake. Like
2: you ever try to define a word, but you can't without the word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You ever try to describe bl- like a color to somebody? You can't do it. <laughs> it's, like, it's, too hard. it's like red, but bluer.
1: Yeah, aren't you hungry? Just take a just take a bite, bud.
2: Um, so Maggie explains the interconnectedness of life and and how the forces of destruction and creation um, can work They're... in harmony with nature. And the humans kind of fuck it up.
1: Yeah, the, the, I didn't buy this very much.
2: You you thought like it was lip service, like destruction and creation are both necessary, but really, it's creation.
1: Th- that's what it felt like to me. It seemed like a little unbalanced.
2: Well, they're they're in charge of the creation aspect, right? Like Maggie's like the grand life giver of the future.
1: Yeah, the grand wizard. <laughs> I think the name.
2: Stay away from those people. They're they're no good. <laughs> they're,
1: there goes there goes the rainforest.
2: They come into our rainforest. They're destroying our trees.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not the good ones. They don't send you the good ones into the rainforest. <laughs> yeah,
2: no Lewis and Clark here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Were they considered good ones? I'm imagining like a framed picture. Was was one of them like... Oh, uh, Lewis. uh, Was Lewis like a stifled homosexual or something? Am I misremembering something?
2: You're remembering Time Squad.
1: Maybe I'm remembering Time Squad.
2: (laughs) These historical like set in the real world type movies and shows kind of mess with our understanding of reality.
1: Yeah, a little bit. But uh yeah we see we see kind of Maggie's we see this broken tree and Maggie's like it's your responsibility to help the forest put itself back in place. Yeah. Um,
2: Krista's still new to her magic though and it's it's heavily foreshadowed that she'll have power later when she learns what life's all about.
1: Yeah, in the worst scene in the movie.
2: And uh and Krista wonders like what if that smoke is Hexus? But that so, can't be it.
1: So yeah, that we get a little rundown on what Hexus is I think here, right?
2: Do I don't remember exactly when. I think I think that was part of the opening, like
1: opening salvo is like Hexus is the problem, but they're sealed away or something. <sighs> yeah, in that tree. But yeah, uh, Krista is definitely wondering about it. I wanted to ask you this because it seems like Magi recognizes that destruction in nature uh, uh, is, is a part of nature. It made it feel like a, like a Miyazaki or an Origin, Spirits of the Past, or a Pocahontas, where the reputation is that nature does both of these sides and it's just balance that you're after
2: Uh, i'm not sure how you can do this type of movie without that
1: neither do i i was wondering especially and like more specifically not just within nature but within society and nature as kind of these alternating sides like so especially in miyazaki where technology is good until it goes too far, and nature is good until it overruns technology, and you kind of have to have both. Is there a movie that's just saying technology always bad?
2: Wizards. Mm,
3: except, yeah, that's right.
2: Except that's also full of hub- full of hypocrisy.
1: Oh, it's also full of Hitler propaganda, which muddies any mixture. <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
2: The other side's Hitler.
1: I wish I had more than two sides here. Like it's really <laughs> hard to gauge.
2: Is there anybody else? Any third
1: party? <laughs> no hands. <laughs> no, I have to call on Hitler in class. Come on. Um. Anyway. Yep. Uh. So Robin will enter. Robin Williams <laughs> the bat.
2: Yeah, we don't. We, we don't really need a reason.
1: Segues are unimportant. Uh. So don't worry.
2: Um. And he's a bat, so he's crashing into things. You know, yeah, and blind. he.
1: Is crashing into things because he's got this TV antenna stuck in his head. Mm. Well, And again with the mood whiplash, we were just wondering about the smoke and if Hexes has returned and then
2: cuckoo. Well, he crashes because he can't see and, and Krista casts a spell on him to give him better sight. But he yeah. does have this weird antenna.
1: Yeah, and he's, he's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And this segues into the batty rap.
0: Potato in a jacket, toys in the attic I rock and I ramble, my brain is scrambled Wrapped like an animal, but I'm a mammal All of our cosmetics are non-carcinogenic I've been brain fried, electrified, infected and injectified Vivisectified, and fed pesticides My face is all cut up, cause my radar's all shut up Nurse! (laughs)
2: Check up from the neck of, yeah, in which he explains that he's an animal test subject, uh, warns the fairies to watch out for humans,
1: while at the same time making a very good show of why animal test subjecting is fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, I see no downsides, Robin yeah, Williams.
1: Yeah, it's it's a little bit uh, unfocused as to what he's trying to communicate here. Um, but you know, it's it's a it's a fun little thing, and I didn't realize that we were gonna do multiple genres. So this really. This was a delight. Like, this this was uh, a bonbon in the bottom of my bag of popcorn.
2: I, <laughs> It wasn't terrible, which was surprising to me. I will call it competent. I, I'm not sure how fun I'm it
1: was. I'm not saying it was a good rap. I'm saying, like, they they really leaned into the genre shift in a way that I didn't... I wasn't aware that they were going to do.
3: Yeah. Like,
1: there was a commitment there.
2: Do you think, like... This
1: was not the easy song to make. Let me put it that way. <laughs> this was not the easy way out
2: yeah it it's surprising how well it fits
1: i guess mm-hmm. given that it's so early in the movie that we aren't really predisposed to some serious songs like this is the place to do a silly rap right um it's just weird it is weird but again it, it has the mood whiplash from the first song this time i was ready for it okay um so it it wasn't so bad it does feel a little out of nowhere but And it's a little reminiscent of uh, Brave Little Toaster's stint in, like, the B-movie horror show scene. Because mm-hmm. we get, like, a lot of, like, dramatic and uh, and kind of horrifying imagery as he goes through all these verbs that end with eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I was Franken-sized. I was ostracized. Like, and, you know, like, one of those things.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and and he sometimes, like, shunts himself out of the rap to, like, talk about, like, just sort of, like, quote things. Like, he can't help it. Like, it's a nervous tick
1: yeah yeah which is fine uh he the, the point of this song is to get him to reveal that the humans are nearby which we kind of already knew
2: well the the fairies didn't want to believe it they're having their own little like no no nothing's wrong with the environment
1: no no it, we're the fairies <laughs> let's let's go have a birthday down at the shire like <laughs> you know like everything is fine in middle earth <laughs> Nobody tea raises on a toadstool <laughs> It's fine. I do like there There's a there's a, like a, a scene with uh, Maggie as she's explaining kind of the balance of nature. She's like straightening out toadstools, <laughs> just kind of like she's not really thinking about it, just making the forest a little prettier.
3: Yeah,
2: tidy up the place if we're gonna have yeah. guests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they didn't wipe their feet. Uh, yeah. This, this movie basically is look who's coming to dinner, right? It's, <laughs> that's, that's the real allegory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a it's a Tyler Perry movie, but with environmentalism.
2: So so Krista gets the exactly the wrong idea. She's like, oh, humans, I want to want to check that out.
1: I mean, she's still that like, curious kind of like she he, she hears about this like environmental danger, and she's just like, I don't have any context for why this is bad so much as why it's interesting. Yeah, it's different. like that's the take home message here. I'm being so. Stifled. Betty tells her to be afraid, and she's like, I'm gonna go check it out.
2: Yeah, sets off for Mount Warning.
1: Yep, pretty great. Uh, and Batty warns her not to go And we kind of agree with him Because <laughs> everything we've heard about the human world has been horrifying And We go through the canopy We get out of the canopy And we get ev- The stuff that's not right in the canopy Right in Ferngully Including other nature stuff that hasn't been touched by humans Looks really off-putting and scary In what way? It looks like, a, it looks like the Badlands In a Lion King or something
2: yeah yeah just sort of this uh wide expanse where there should be something but there's not
1: yeah it's creepy and, and this stuff hasn't been touched by humans yet i wonder if this was maybe like remarks on her innocence outside of the lap of luxury that krista doubtless has as a privileged member of her fairy elite
2: um are you sure it hasn't been touched by the humans why is it uh what why is it an expanse then
1: I don't know. I, I was wondering Like, we haven't gotten to the place where humans have painted a bunch of a bunch of trees. Yeah, I don't. Really I think it was that. just because it wasn't right in her periphery.
2: Well, we do see the trees uh, uh, soon. There's red X's painted on them. Um, we see what's been causing the trouble. It's this gigantic machine.
1: Yeah, it's it's in a, this desolate grove that's very intentionally lifeless. Yeah.
2: So this is where i was like, okay. So the, now this is where the humans have caused trouble.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was talking about it briefly before it. It starts to look really bad, even though there's not any like red X's or anything.
2: I don't remember that.
1: But anyway, when they do get to the red X, yeah, this Desolate this Grove machine
2: place, is unreasonably large.
1: It's very intimidating, and it seems to be that its only purpose. Like, <laughs> like
2: realistically, it would not move five feet in a rainforest.
1: No, um, this place reminds me very strongly of the elephant graveyard in The Lion King, yeah. or the wastelands in Samurai Jack. <laughs> you know. And they're really leaning into the message of the movie here, which is you know,
2: humans bad.
1: Well, well, the lack of the beauty of the rainforest bad, and this is what's doing it.
2: Mm-hmm. And we see inside of it uh, the humans, and they're a bunch sort of, of rednecks. They're embodying, <laughs> coordinating the deforestation effort. They are embodying every sin of humanity, right? They're short-tempered, gluttonous, mean, gross. Like,
1: I almost wonder if they should have been a bunch of businessmen with money hats. <laughs> Like, cause it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to be like rednecks, does it? It's a living. It's it's a little bit of a living. Oh, it's a real a bunch... living over here. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, it's real living. It's a bunch of rednecks and one city boy. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they're coordinating the deforestation effort. Yeah, so they're engineers. I was engineers. impressed by how lighthearted they made the humans look.
2: Oh, like, well, these are like the the goofy henchmen, like uh, like the hyenas, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like we we know that they're even though they should ends, be the evil ones. Yeah, they're they're just ignorant. They're just peons. Like they're not inherently bad. They're just o- on the bad side.
2: But they're the only ones we see of this human effort. So, you know, sorry, bad guys.
1: I also think it's like maybe the idea is that they're portrayed this way as goofballs as opposed to sinister because that's how we see ourselves. Oh yeah, like, their like we They're acts didn't of realize... world destroying. There's no sense of consequence to when we destroy, you know, beautiful things in nature. It's all done with this kind of levity or this lightheartedness of, like, the, the removal from the actual act allows us to treat it with this kind of gloves on, gloves on sort of manner.
2: We we knew not what we wrought.
1: Yeah, we we knew not what we wrought. Uh, and we meet Zack.
2: Yeah, and he's, so he's the one spray painting the trees, so you mark a tree with an X, then the machine eats it. Good, good he's, system.
1: He's jamming out. And he's yeah.
2: pretty funny. I like Zack a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he's just having a good time in the forest. How would you feel about him? I I don't know why I liked him so much. Me neither. Like he's just a surfer
1: dude in the wrong in the wrong area. He's
2: just a guy who means well. Like there's not even much personality here. <laughs> and uh he he like trips and accidentally marks the tree that contains hexes. Oops. Yeah, which, and which is well, nice cuz it not only like shows that he will be released but like Hexus can start feeding off the poison immediately so we're like oh oh spray bottles of course Dude,
1: well two things here the reason that uh the reason that he goes and sprays Hexus' tree is because krista is like kind of like teasing him or like trying to find him or like just kind of investigating him and he's like ah mosquito trying to slap it away Mm -hmm. and so they start chasing each other through the forest so they're immediately playing grab ass even though they don't realize what they're doing
2: (laughs) yeah you ever play grab ass with a ghost just not realize that
1: they're there. How, how else do you play grab ass? Um, <laughs>
3: how else?
1: And uh, the second thing I want to mention is that Hexus whispers his own name.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you don't do that when you wake up?
1: Like, how stupid do they think I am?
2: <laughs> just a reminder, guys.
1: The slower members of the audience aren't going to get that Hexus is here. We have to, let's have him whisper his own name.
2: <laughs> the slower members of the audience won't remember who or what Hexus is.
1: It was so audacious that I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not like precious or like feed me. It's just like... <laughs> <zen.
3: Evil.
2: laughs> Aku. It's like something that belongs in
1: Austin Powers. I couldn't believe it was happening. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, but yeah, so at this moment, like, uh, what happens exactly? Because I wasn't paying super close attention to this point. Yeah,
2: so Zack uh, sees Krista and catches her. But the machine, you know, knocks over a tree, which is going to fall on him. So Krista... And by the way, this machine
1: is called the Leveler. The Leveler. I love it. Oh, it's so metal.
2: It's powerful, but it's not a name you would think to give to something powerful.
1: It's unique. Like, I've yeah. never seen a The Leveler before. Yeah. It's super cool. Um,
2: but Krista, yeah, Krista has to shrink Zach so that he doesn't get hit with a tree.
1: That is not what happened.
2: <laughs> that is what happened.
1: Nope. Krista tries to <laughs> cast her spell to get Zach to see her, like, clearly. Like, the fairy sight spell oh, that worked on the Oh, the one on that the she bats. did on uh, Batty. Yeah, but she fucks it up because she's a novice, so she accidentally shrinks Zach.
2: Yeah, she says, like, size instead of eyes or something.
1: Size instead of sight. Oh, that's right. Because she's scared for her life. Um. Yeah. <laughs> And then Batty carries them away from the leveler uh, to safekeeping just before it uh, just before it eats them both. And Krista loots him while he
2: while he's asleep. Yeah. Oh, a strange like this creature. Moment. What are these? What are these flaps? Ooh, a yeah. knife.
1: <laughs> yeah, she doesn't know it's a knife. She's just like, oh, pretty.
2: Yeah, yeah. So he when he comes to, he's like, why are you mugging me?
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's pointing his knife at him. I
2: thought I left the city. <laughs>
1: <laughs> seeing pictures of zach while he's asleep is a nice bonus there's a cute one with him and two dogs and they all have bones in their mouths what <laughs> like just it, pictures on the she, internet you found no no that like when she oh, opens in, in his, his, his wallet, wallet. yeah he, she, he's got like a bunch of those flip out photos and one mm-hmm. has him and two dogs and they all have bones in their mouths You didn't
2: catch that that's so charming
1: <laughs> if we were meant to love this idiot <laughs> um So, yeah. And uh, his reaction to waking up is to have his bros not call the cops from him passing out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what? Nobody call the cops when he comes to. (laughs) I didn't mean it.
1: (laughs) Which is telling, like, of where he came from. Right. Like, he's supposed to be an everyman. Like, we're supposed to relate to him on some level. On sort of a lowest common denominator level, right? And,
2: and... Just like us, like he doesn't believe any of this is happening. Like I fell down, I hit my head. You know, I I can't explain fairies. Yeah, I can't explain I'm, that I'm shrunk.
1: I need to sober up. is pretty much yeah. I gotta how go for a reacting. walk. Yeah, I gotta clear my head. <laughs> right off a tree. Uh, somewhat exacerbated by the fact that a man-sized bat is in front of him.
2: <laughs> that is a different problem that I will deal with tomorrow. <laughs> I
1: I know how to I know how to deal with the giant bat thing. And the woman thing, like I protect this one against this one. Like this is in the, this is in my fraternity's handbook. I got it. Yeah, I,
2: I saw King Arthur. I know this.
1: Yeah, a King Kong maybe.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. that's good.
1: That's way. That's way better. <laughs> who is Who is
2: the hero in King Kong? Was it also <laughs> King Arthur? The
1: King or the Kong? I can't
2: remember. <laughs> Mario. That's right.
1: <laughs> that's right. Mario's the hero. So Batty and Zach are like attacking each other until Krista clears it up. At which point they announce their races to each other. And this is...
2: That's pretty cute. It,
1: it, there's a subtle thing here. Uh, Zack is asking Crystal if she's a fairy. And that reveals a lot about the world. Because it was hinted in the opening narration that the world is where fairies and humans have coexisted but simply forgot each other over the aeons.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's what the fairy tales come from.
1: Exactly. So the, the, him knowing what fairies are is not just kind of a throwaway... Oh, these are spirits or, oh, these are supernatural things. No, these are things from a forgotten past that was passed down through legend.
2: Yeah, he had like a one in three chance. Okay, are you a pixie, a fairy, or a nymph?
1: Right, exactly. But he, you know, is actually schooled in fairies. So he understands that like this is a fairy. I just thought that was a cool touch. <laughs> it was a nice little detail.
2: Um, <clears throat> yeah, but they they introduced themselves. Is, is that before or after he falls off the tree?
1: That's before uh yeah
2: he falls off the leaf and well he catches a ride on the leaf because he's a surfer boy
1: (laughs) yeah if you had to guess what would indoctrinate him into this rainforest society it's probably surfing right (laughs) and it it, it, he's scared out of his mind the moment he wakes up he's like don't call the cops oh a monster ah this woman i can't I, I can't flirt with properly but the second he grabs a surfboard he's like oh i love this place
2: <laughs> i know this
1: <laughs> i know this place and daddy's the, home and this is
2: another section where the music kicks in in a way that's uh kind of not what you'd expect in a rainforest movie because it's like electric guitars and 90s rap sound oh effects oh my like, god Browth, the Browth. electric
1: guitar rips once he starts surfing on that leaf
2: And it segues immediately into a rapping Komodo
0: Dragon.
1: It's not a rap, it's, a, it's silly hip hop.
0: Oh, I seem to get the munchies. This time each and every day. Go charging through the food chain like the galloping gourmet. Slithering through the fauna till something comes in view. If I'm gonna eat somebody. It
3: it's, might as it's well be
2: slow rhyme. You.
1: It's <laughs> slow rhyme. <laughs> yeah. That that does sound like a rapper name, like somebody who's like self like self-aware and has a good sense of self-deprecating humor about their weight.
3: <laughs>
2: so he only rhymes once in the song and it's right at the end.
1: <laughs> slow
2: rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so this, this song doesn't quite need to be here. It's not bad.
0: Oh, yeah. One, two, one, two. Check this out. I've a basic inclination. A very vegetation for an egg or centipede I just can't control this hunger I just can't seem to cut back on my ravenous consumption you're a welcome little snack if I'm gonna eat somebody it might as well
1: this, this one's extraneous. It's fine. I like that it's kind of giving us all of the Zack freaking out in a spot that we don't really need to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, he was going to freak out at some point. Uh, he, he hasn't quite caught on to how, where he is and what's going on, so having it happen within a song I think is good. It's a good like it, if you're going to have it happen, happen when we're focused on something else.
2: Yeah, it heightens the emotion so that the difference is bigger by the end of the movie when he's like, so at peace with nature.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it it gets us to the point where he can accept it without us going through, like, without us hand-holding through some dialogue. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, what exactly... I I like that the lizard spits him out at the end of the song, because any friend of a fairy is a friend of mine. Uh, (laughs) Which, are fairies like the implicit hierarchy in this society?
2: Yeah, yeah, keepers of the forest.
1: It seems like they're the ruling class, right? Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to...
2: Oh, you have confirm- a problem with it?
1: <laughs> I just wanted to confirm that there was a hierarchy He's a here. sort of
2: forest socialist?
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so at the end of the song, Krista tries to turn him back and can't do it, yeah. prompting the three of them to go see Magi. Ma- Magi.
2: Magi. God. We get an interlude Magi, with the engineers. Uh, it, it's kind of charming. They're bickering. Um, Who are? The engineers in the, in an- the leveler.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I forgot every part where that is happening.
2: And, well, it, it's nice because it's kind of a, a humorous moment like their banter, but it's not the mm-hmm. right time because we recognize that Hexus is about to get freed, and and we see him. He's this sludgy entity that's cackling like a madman. There's a couple of
1: gems in, in this dialogue leading up to Hexus being freed. Um, that one of the guys in the leverer, they're talking about something. One of them is like, or, or they're talking about how Zach. They don't see Zach, so he must have left early. And one of them says, "That's the problem with the world today: people are lazy." <laughs> that's so good. Like when you think about the problem that they are, and it happening because of an industrious nature of like human society. Mm. The idea that people are lazy being the problem that he sees—that's
2: so good. Ooh, I didn't. I didn't even notice that.
1: That's clutch, and he's not even like. He's not even, like, uh, the head of the company or anything. It's no. just a random person who's part of the machine is, like, people outside of the machine are lazy, and that's the problem with the world.
2: Yeah, wh- what do you think? You're not some kind of cog? You think you're better than me?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but, yeah, uh, Hexus gets freed.
3: He sucks so, up grime.
1: Uh, mm-hmm, he fucks up the leveler for some reason. I guess he's just, like, trying to get more power. Um, I don't like Hexus. We talked about it a little earlier. It's too evil. It's not personal enough. And it makes the destruction of... It it makes destruction a physical entity instead of like an ideological quandary that humanity faces.
3: And
2: it's honestly not Tim Curry at his best, like voice I mean, he's okay.
1: He's fine. Uh, fine. There's a couple of like him emphasizing things and him putting kind of like a, a sultry spin on a lot of things is pretty good, but not my not my favorite way to do a villain sort of captain planet
2: no yeah he's like he looks great um yeah no In you know in the later scene when he does his little song number you know the engineers are feeding him gasoline and he just like reconstructs into the skeleton
1: yeah and and his kind of like uh his kind of like languid speech patterns that are that are just dripping with kind of personality are, are really are really great I, I wrote one of them down what was it it was like uh oh i lo- i adore humans they're so clever <laughs> it's so good
2: um yeah. do you want to jump ahead to that uh, to that next scene where hexus is in where he has his song because it happens pretty soon so we might as well yeah because there's like this cut to the forest
1: cut to back to hexus and there's not really a reason for there's it. There's
2: not a lot of growth in either scene. Um, it's just
1: a way to it's just a way to show passage of time which mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's a good thing to point out though is that like there wasn't a really good sense of pacing specifically for scene transitions like we could have done all the hexus stuff now and it would have been fine I didn't need to be you. broken up.
2: I don't know about you. I found the second half of this movie way more interesting than the first. Like it was more fun to watch.
1: It definitely sags in the second quarter. I will, I will say that. Yeah. Um, more like the middle half. The beginning and the end really, really stuck
2: for me. Yeah, that's where that's where the focus was more environmental.
1: Yeah, but yeah, we should talk about a- a- Hexus monologuing, um, to like get the human and getting the humans to go to Ferngully. He like takes over the leveler loudspeakers because that's a thing that he can do. Yeah. And then makes soldiery love to the leveler well, while he sings a burlesque song.
2: Well, the the message he gives to the humans. It's like we need to go into fern gully uh, they're like yeah you know we're not going to get there you know immediately he's like no work overtime and you hear the humans literally trade their time and their health in order to get oil in order to get money yep it's amazing yep. yeah it's and they don't right bat it up on front. they're just
1: like he's the guy in charge we follow what he does so i guess this is happening don't, yeah good don't point. i didn't my i boss didn't sounding that quite part. so
2: evil but hey you know pays the bills
1: i didn't notice that part it's, it's funny how we both saw things in the dialogue that were hinting at this greater problem in the way industry approaches this environmental act uh this environmental aspects that the other one didn't see yeah i mean like well, that's this movie, how dense this movie is with this message
2: this movie forces you to kind of address your own shortcomings so it's not unreasonable A- that you we would A- perceive it differently
1: and it very quickly tells you to perceive everything that's happening in the movie through this lens of this conflict. Mm-hmm. Like, not a sentence goes by that you're not just like, "Is this a metaphor for the way we treat our, you know, our industry? Is this a metaphor for the way we treat our workers, or, or, or is, or something like that?" Everything is kind of, is is kind of bursting with this message. It's thick. It's very thick. Uh, speaking of thickness, let's talk about his burlesque
2: song. Toxic love. Yeah. Uh, it's you a seem to play lounge a song about getting dirty.
1: About about poison and pollution. I think if there was a remake of Ferngully, this part should be just be Britney Spears' Toxic. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> legitimately one
2: of my favorite songs.
1: <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but not the regular one, like the all brass band version. Yeah. If you can find that, <laughs> cut I, that I, in.
1: Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> it's like
2: double speed and oompa.
1: Yeah, I. uh, What did you think of this
2: song? Um, like everything it's else, hilarious the movie, a over it's hilarious that it's a lounge top.
1: song.
3: Hmm. Sludge.
2: gives shout outs to human greed and stupidity like they're his old time buddies
1: yeah he loves it
2: uh, but yeah no Tim Tim Curry at a premium this is where he kind of shines the rest of it it's sort of like anybody could do this role it's mm-hmm. so it's so base
1: Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing else to his personality in any other scene, but here he kind of gets to gets to show off. Yeah, we get that Frankie furter magic. Yeah. Beyond uh, Beyond Tim Curry kind of showing off and motivating the plot, I I didn't care for the song much. But...
2: It wasn't It wasn't a highlight.
1: It, like it was fine. I, I just uh I didn't think it was that interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, because because so like,
2: anytime you watch Hexus for more than a few seconds, he's just like. The squirming around good. places.
1: The squirming is good. Like I think the animation for Texas <laughs> is <pretty> good. <laughs> if there's one thing I like about this scene. It would have to be the
2: squirming.
1: <laughs> Real top-notch squirming. I, uh, I I approach many of my viewing pleasure in that way. <laughs> uh, but I I don't like. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, hmm. we've already said enough about Texas. So, so let's go back to the uh, the other part of the plot.
2: Yeah. So in um, I you like know in, that, in sorry.
1: Yeah, what, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm, I'm in, interrupting you too because I wrote a lot of notes about this particular. Uh, yeah. Well, this particular interaction.
2: So this is, um, you know, in Pocahontas, uh, or or Dances with Wolves, or Avatar. You know, there's there's these opportunities for the white man who's visiting different cultures, to uh, uh, sort of go into it or you know funnel some information back. Like he's he has this internal struggle. And here, mm. the only extent of it is kind of that like Krista is asking about the machine that eats trees, and and do you
1: have anything to do with that? Nah, babe. Nah. Yeah, he's so totally. desperately
2: trying to get into her tunic. Like
1: <laughs> it, it really feels like that. And I want to go a little bit farther into that because I can't tell how much of it is guilt and how much of it is libido he's over And that makes me feel crazy. <laughs> um, like. Once he's done freaking out about surfing, uh, uh, freaking out and surfing, Zach goes through his list of verbs and tries to make nice with the cute girl near him. That's that's all he knows, so that's what's going on. He doesn't quite nail the handshake, but I like that he's trying. <laughs> and notably, maintain okay. eye
2: contact, firm handshake. You're hired.
1: Yep, uh, uh, he, I would like to make note that he only tries to make peace with this representation representative of the forest once he realizes that he's at the bottom of the food chain yeah yeah like once the human is in the disadvantaged position he's like time for diplomacy
2: and also that he you know sex is on the table
1: well diplomacy to him is the same thing <laughs> as trying to get with a girl at a mixer <laughs> right so you know krista tell like krista is like tr- asking him how complicit he is and he's like no nah, man I, I i was i wasn't even near there babe
2: <laughs> yeah oh and like the fact that he's no longer on the food chain like taken away from all his technology he goes back to the you know primitive human instincts of of survival yeah, I gotta get laid and I gotta uh-huh. not incur war
1: and uh, Krista's really you know she she's kind of enabling him
2: like <laughs> she's laying it on a bit the animators she, are laying it on a bit
1: like I mean she tells him with her big pouty come hither lips I want to learn magic like yours
2: We don't know what she's talking about <laughs> well well
1: he what says... magic has
2: Zach shown <laughs> no, no, no. surfing? his magic is uh he he sprayed those x's and he says that those are magical and stopping the leveler from getting oh, into fern gully so that's this, is, right. this is the big deception moment all of these movies have it it's pretty minor though
1: it's, it's like, also he's kind not of actually very...
2: doing anything wrong well,
1: I love this scene as like this distillation of what Zach considers diplomacy is that Krista <laughs> tells her tells him I want to learn magic like yours Zach immediately takes her into the nearest thing with four walls that he can find <laughs> Yeah, it, under a mushroom. Was, was this like before we recognize what he's Dick doing under mushroom. that mushroom? Was this sequencing on purpose? Um, I don't know. Did they try to make it look like that? I just <laughs> want to know. Like, it wasn't so blatant that I was offended.
2: It, it got pretty blatant. I mean, like when she's like, "Oh, the magic keeps the leveler out." He's like, hey, you're pretty smart." He's like, "He's like, he's waiting for his moment."
1: Yeah, and then. Also, She's like, like the fact that
2: his hair is like dyed blonde, like he's such a douchebag. Why do it, I like him?
1: I don't know. I had the same. I had the same impression. And
2: why do we always fall for this guy?
1: It seems to be a running thing,
2: doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> when have we encountered this before? Uh, Raimundo Raymundo from Rocket Power, Josh Mankey, Raymundo from <laughs> from Challenge Showdown. <laughs> They're all named Ray. <laughs> It was Josh Mankey, wasn't it? It was <laughs> his Frosted Tips. Samurai Jack occasionally.
1: On Amnesia.
2: Oh yeah. He
1: was a surfer dude. Uh Moo Montana to a certain degree <laughs> <laughs> with his western truism.
2: I think you're getting away from yourself now. <laughs> I just I just like I this. Th- I think you're just letting us a little bit too far into your own head.
1: Uh, well, in any case, I, I like the sequencing of it. It it makes it very much seem like he's trying to get in her tunic. Yeah, you are totally and, right. And he invites. And her that doesn't her... stop, by the way. No,
2: that happens continuously for the rest of the movie. Even when like he goes too far, and she's like, mm, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, uh, but he invites um, her under a mushroom to show off uh, his kind of magic. Yeah,
1: uh, and he takes out a match, and it's good to have this explanation of magic. I like that his explanation of magic is fire. And this yeah. was the moment where I was like, "Everything's a metaphor. Nothing <laughs> is at by accident." So this is the classic, beautiful but dangerous technology metaphor.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, some bullshit ha- magic happens when their hands touch.
2: Oh no! They just they just love each other, Ben.
1: Is that what that is? I thought it was like magic is in everything, even you, Zach.
2: So, we see this later when she like touches a tree and her hand goes blue, like it's a feeling of pain. And since so yeah. she burns herself on the match, that might be sort of what it's trying to do.
1: Okay, I, I guess so. But there's also that thing later where Zack starts flying because of it. Or maybe I was That's reading too much into to it. harder to
2: describe.
1: There's a little <laughs> bit of like... So this is one of the things in this movie is that they had like this really loose definition of nature magic. It's like we can balance nature and everything has it and all the magic of nature is found within a seed. We don't really need like strong outlines for what this magic is but it was confusing that their hands just started glowing yeah i so yeah. accepting the magic system still kind of confusing
2: mm-hmm. uh then we get that Hexus scene and then a scene with these cheech and chong bug raiders <laughs> which i'm just like i don't i don't feel the need to dwell on it <laughs>
1: I don't remember where that was. Was that before or after Zach is like starts nagging her?
2: Before at both. <laughs> they just kind of show up, and okay. he does that a lot, so it's kind of hard to place.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, I do want to mention that Zach is being awfully condescending for Krista for living for li- for living in a forest. They had this conversation where it's like, "Why would you live in a forest, babe?" <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Or like. She's trying to understand human culture, and he just keeps on saying, yeah, there's buildings, we live in cities, you know, that kind of, like...
2: You're not actually describing anything?
1: Yeah. It's, it's not really very, being very helpful. He's just kind of being elitist or superior. Yeah.
2: But over I time, like, he does enjoy the rainforest.
1: He does. But, like, I think that this reaction of kind of, you know, saying to, like being condescending to Crystal for living in a forest is like kind of a reaction to the guilt that he must be feeling like he's already been yeah he hasn't she didn't know about it but he has been called out on being complicit in this deforestation effort right I
2: I took it as the same kind of excitement and interest in the world that she had earlier like he's from the city and the rainforest is so different from like what he's used to
1: Right, but his reaction is to initially like devalue that lifestyle in order to justify his role in destroying it.
2: Mm, I, I took it more as curiosity, but yeah, you might be right.
1: I, I guess that that's also a valid point. Um, but I was kind of trying to read into his character as he is us, and he is the person we have to convince that this is worth doing and that it he, he's not uh he's not innocent of these crimes. hmm So I w- I was really reading into that with this. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, but uh, Copacabana starts playing, and Zach puts on his charm.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, she's gonna show him a whole new world, and he's gonna I teach her it. his what's strange you, human concept of here, love.
1: I help things grow. Yeah, that's cool. Just <laughs>
2: bone down already.
1: <laughs> There's, it's like a, uh, yeah.
3: This movie was I
2: giving mean, me some blue balls. I'm not gonna. I'm <laughs> like, why, like, stop building it up. <laughs>
1: Come on, just take the take take your top off zach <laughs> give me what i want
2: oh man so that's how they would have fixed the movie cut out the chaff have the hexes thing in the middle and then like the second half is domestic like getting used to life it's
3: like you know like
2: they did it into the woods right like the the show is over at the halfway point if you want it to be <laughs> you
1: and i remember into the woods very differently <laughs> Um, this song kind of felt to me like uh, color or or not the song but like their conversation felt to me like colors of the wind Mm because you know there's language barrier and she's trying to teach him about like how trees feel pain don't you understand that Zach teaches her the most useful skill he can impart which is surfer jive
2: (laughs) yeah like you're bodacious
1: you're one bodacious babe
2: (laughs) which she calls him later
1: which is nice I like that it's charming yeah, I, I like them kind of coming, like, trying to reach out and understand each other. Like, uh, on Zack's side, it's kind of, it's clearly in order to get into her tunic, but I like it anyway. Yeah. Like, the dialogue is fun.
2: Um, and we get a little ditty, a little half-minute tune about the sounds of life. You know, she tells him, listen to the forest, which is so, just So was the...
1: the Colors of the Wind song. Yeah,
2: just different sense modality.
1: Yeah, pretty much the same thing.
2: <laughs> um, um it, at this point in the movie like this song specifically it, i didn't feel like it added much and the production quality at this point like i wasn't sure if this movie should be like a classic or if it's like straight to dvd territory it kept flipping back I, I at no point in this movie was i like this is a good movie it was either like classic or not great
1: i, I felt that it was a good movie all all the way through um It has shortcomings. There are definitely scenes I would change, but I was pretty into the presentation aspect. And you know me, I will latch onto a message with both teeth. Both teeth? Both... All two teeth. And not let go. So, like, that was enough. (laughs) That was enough to get me through it. Um, but, but, But what exactly about it did make you think that it was a bad movie?
2: Um... Just, I, just think, the they, I that
1: think that your opinions here are actually more valid than mine, given how narrow-focused I was.
2: Just that nothing happens. Like, there's so much time just hanging out in the forest.
1: It isn't part of the point, though, is kind of just in discussion? Maybe I'm giving it a little too much credit, but... Y- you, you know, like... We have to explore this not-quite-understanding-each-other thing in order to make it to the same table.
2: This reminded me of that scene in Brave Little Toaster where they go into nature and there's these, you know, the fish are singing and the the flowers are dancing and it just didn't, it didn't add anything. And I felt like a huge chunk of this movie was that sort of, that sort of scene. I guess so. Like we're describing the important scenes. There's also a lot of like little segments where nothing much happens.
1: That's true. I, I mean, you can kind of chalk it up to musical. We had to showcase some stuff. This is where Zach finally kind of starts to see the beauty of it, uh, but we see in the next in the very next scene that he d- still doesn't quite get it.
2: Right. So night falls, and uh, when Krista wakes up, she sees that Zach is trying to carve her name into a tree, which is he an just... idiot's idea of a romantic gesture, even when she's not a wood nymph.
1: I mean, I don't know. Like, I think it's an accepted romantic gesture in human culture. I I don't do it because it's. It's fucking hard. juvenile. <laughs> yeah, well but, that's what I mean.
2: Like this is some high school stuff.
1: It is, but like it's something that we would recognize as a human display of affection, and the fact that it's deforestation is very telling.
2: <laughs> like he doesn't he doesn't quite get it. You know what I yeah. like to do, uh, as a little romantic gesture? Uh, like on a cold day, uh on a window. Murder down your ha- house. <laughs> right down. <laughs> yeah, you'll uh, be
1: warm. And now you have to move in with me. Well, it could be more romantic. <laughs> these are my favorite parts of the movie zane where they're like these little distilled moments of world clash that get a lot of the texture to this nature versus industry struggle
2: and they know like it's not each other's fault it's just like a miscommunication they have to work through
1: this is just the way they are
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And, and we see like such a benign act in is like in such fundamentally different ways like he doesn't see it as anything which is the way humans are treating this entire deforestation effort, mm-hmm. and she sees it as the biggest thing, and he doesn't understand why it is. It's, it's. I like these little things. I like these little bits.
2: That was nice. I do think that he should have shown a little more sense.
1: I mean, we we already know that he is, you know, Donny at the party. Like we we don't, we don't really <laughs> need. To, I'm not expecting miracles from him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, um, oh, but the romantic thing I like to do, um. You know, you breathe condensation, and you draw like a little heart. Yeah, on, uh, on a window, and then just a square. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like to uh, I like to put in my initials on top, and then on uh. the bottom I like to put in my initials again.
1: I love thy love thyself.
2: <laughs> I just think it's a really good joke. <laughs> I don't know how good of a joke it is. <laughs> it always makes me laugh. I think that I'm the only sense. one.
1: I love Zane Love thyself. That's the that's the real message of this movie.
2: No, it's the long con because they think that you love them.
1: <laughs> She'll learn. Moving on. <laughs> uh, so they make it to Ferngully, and everyone shits themselves over the human.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We get like city boy likes nature part two.
1: Oh, city boy, <laughs> come <laughs> come around. <laughs> P- uh, Pips is absolutely like that. What do you think you're doing, my girl?
2: <laughs> yeah, jealous fairy boyfriend. Who he
1: immediately challenges the other male in society for dominance <laughs> by insulting his height. Uh, he's a little small, ain't he?
2: And and Pips um like summons a kangaroo uh that has Zach's cassette player in it. He's like, like look check at out how this cool. this great look- shit I found. Yeah, I'm. I found some treasure. It's a... uh, What movie mm, are you in, Pips? (laughs) Treasure Planet.
1: (laughs) Didn't they get the girl? I don't
2: remember. Um, But Pips tries to explain the cassette player, and he can't, but Zach knows how it works. uh, And he plays the music and is imposing the white man's culture on the primitive forest people.
1: And they're all happy to join along. They
2: graciously welcome him. Yes. Thank you, white man. For sure. We didn't understand
1: way. music until you got here. Yeah, that that did kind of gross me <laughs> out a little
2: bit. <laughs> like even the fairy guy is like, I, I know what music is, and that's not music, and then like one dance segue and he's fine.
1: Yeah. Also Zack is showing them music by rampaging around, shaking all the fairy fairies bodily that he just met.
2: Yeah, he's like wiggling around, they're like <laughs> This is dancing? Yeah, all right.
1: <laughs> no, but he's shoving him. He's really invasive about it. I wanted to smack him so bad. <laughs> like, calm down, Zach. Yeah. Give it time. You just got there. <laughs> I mean, it is a culture crossing moment. Like, you know, this, this kind of mundane aspect of his culture is something that they can connect on. Um, it's brought down a little bit by the needs of our people. The things that stand between our peoples being the need to impress a girl.
2: Yeah, and we like almost the get... dick
1: swinging contest is really muddling my metaphors.
2: This is weird because Pips almost takes Zach out for some hazing. Yeah, he's gonna go beat his ass in the dirt. And Krista stops them. It's like we—it's like we got a shortcut through an unimportant scene.
1: What are we? Yeah, it did feel like that. It's like I, I'm I was kind of ready for some like, you know, some 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 fairy taekwondo meets, no, this meets like is, Bronx City fight, like
2: in uh, Flintstones versus the Jetsons, where um, you know the 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 picnic, the the boss picnic, where he has to show off all these like different future gadgets, like it's just an extra scene that doesn't need to be there.
1: Right, I like that they. I like that they quick cut to. to they the end they of that. cut
2: it, but like, why even hint that it's going to happen? It's so. I, weird. I honestly
1: love every moment where Zach and Pips are just like shoving each other against, like shoving each other's chests. Yeah, that's a really
2: that's a good dynamic. No, you because shove it's off. simple.
1: It's simple, and it's something that everyone
2: understands.
1: <laughs> yeah. But uh, Zach and Krista break away from the party to have a date. Yeah, we don't have summer.
2: time for conflict.
1: We got another song to get through.
2: <laughs> we need more sexy boundary expanding.
1: Just is this what's the genre of this?
3: Like this C- Celine Dion
1: type thing.
2: A Celine Dion
3: type. No, nope. <laughs> <soulmate laughs> Something better. This is the genre?
2: <laughs> is it like? I'm, I'm telling you, none of these songs really stuck to me. Is it like dramatic
1: solo pop?
3: Yeah. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know genres of music, guys. But it's like breathy and like there's a soloist singing in a real dramatic way, and it's it's nice.
3: More than just a
1: I do like. I, I kind of like this romance. I don't. It seems like something I would dislike. I don't know why I like it.
2: Well, it's it's clearly just based on physical attraction. But I like the idea of them getting together and like learning to love each other for each other.
1: That's okay. I mean, I, and I think they're. I think the broader message here is just like we have more in common than separating us. We can make some. We can agree to disagree, and still work together.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, the, the broader message is one of diplomacy, not of sex. But I do like that Zack kisses her. Because yeah. of course he does, because that's his character, because it's been his character the entire time. <laughs> like, I like that they don't shy away from that or make it, like, G-rated. Like, well, no, this guy wants to bang the hot girl at the party. He's gonna kiss the fairy in front of him.
2: Yeah, and, and it feels kind of real, because... You know, Krista has to go tell Me- Meiji, Meiji, um, right? about <laughs> about Zach in order to get him unshrunk. But they dawdle like people, like you know, kids in love, where they have to like be near each other, but they don't know what to do. And then he kisses her, and she's like, "I don't know how I feel about this." Like this actually worked.
1: Yeah, even though Zach is kind of like a you know somebody who follows the game and like is prowling at parties for his next mark, I I thought he I thought that their interactions were still sweet.
2: And this is where you know they're holding hands and the blue thing, like the blue uh, coloration, goes from her hands to his, and so now yeah. he can feel the pain of the trees. So when she goes up to talk to Meiji, like he feels the tree's pain and he's more attuned, Whoa. so he can be like, "Oh, there's oil in the water. The leveler's coming."
1: Oh, Ted Theodore Logan. There's another one.
2: Yes. <laughs> but yeah, he he in the top it. five Logans certainly.
1: <laughs> Let's see. What else do we got? Wolverine, Beast Boy. <laughs> you got Beast Boy. Uh, Logan's Run. I was about to say Logan's Run. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? Nope. <laughs> I recognize it as the name of a thing. <laughs>
2: um audience if you can figure out a fifth one
1: i mean i believe that you can <laughs> <laughs> i i don't think we really need to know that <laughs>
2: <laughs> no that's we did it
1: we'll, we'll figure it out later don't worry i guess one of the show notes top five logans i can find something
2: so meiji uh. <laughs> meiji already knows about um about the problem
1: mm-hmm. uh she yeah. says that
2: the tree with the red x has been cut down
1: you get the feeling like she knew this was happening from the beginning of the movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it, like she, she just needed a, Krista to see that Zach's a liar.
1: Yeah, yeah. The better part of maturity going through, you know, uh, th- through first-hand experience. Uh, Meiji tells her that Zach just told her what she wanted to hear to get what he wanted from her. <laughs> kind of like a, you know, mom after prom night.
2: <laughs> oh, and, honey, uh, listen. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: love means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. <laughs> It doesn't. It feel like that
2: though, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to some degree. This this is on the WB, right? This is. I,
1: I can't believe how much of a, like a early relationship metaphor we get in fucking Fern
2: Gully: The Last Rainforest. <laughs> and I don't understand why it's the best part of the movie. Because <laughs> it's I don't know. Because it's silly. Because it's, it's human. silly that it happened. Um, but Krista flies up above the canopy again and sees just massive amount of destruction.
1: But she's like, no, but the magic red mark said that it kept the trees out, or that it kept the leveler out. But no, in fact, it signaled their destruction, and she kind of she kind of realizes that Zack
2: was lying. Yeah, she confronts him, and, and he says, yeah, no, I, humans are destroying the forest, and I'm helping. Whoops.
1: Yeah, I like how relatable this moment is, like being betrayed by someone lying to protect your feelings.
2: Hey, I messed up. I was trying to get with you. It happens.
1: Yeah. Like I'm I'm not I'm I'm not too proud to admit that I've done that. And that sort of thing. Everyone To a more
2: minor degree. Like I've never been involved in deforestation to such a large degree. Not on the scale.
1: Um, <laughs> not on this scale,
2: certainly. <laughs> um, like I guess I've
1: like used a paper shredder before.
2: Oh so much.
1: But I, I do I do shed a single tear for each page, which I think is appropriate.
2: Man, I want to see that math problem worked out. <laughs> like how <laughs> long until you dehydrate now. yourself. been doing a lot of math problems lately on paper um so everybody hates zach uh but they they now see that Hexus is coming um and then they go to stop him batty actually likes zach now
1: yeah so what i like about this moment is that zach is fessing up and he's not just doing it to save face in the community because he's like no i'm 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 wrong here like i was part of this they need to know it's not that they need to know, it's that he recognizes that he's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is the larger message of the movie. And, and I think it was delivered very well.
2: And muddling that message is the fact that Batty's like, I like you, you because you proved me right that humans are terrible.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Knew it.
2: <laughs> and that, now they're just cool with each other.
1: Yeah, but, but do you do you agree with me that this kind of revelation of a a personal accountability when it when it affects someone that you love do you do you agree with me that that's handled pretty well
2: yeah definitely like when he's not just being an idiot surfer dude there's a lot of there's a lot of pathos in this character like very real emotions
1: he goes through a through a lot of trends like and he feels everything very fiercely whether it's like Mm -hmm. jamming out on his board (laughs) or lust or you know guilt he feels everything pretty he's no we can He's a living for the weekend. We can empathize with this guy. (laughs)
3: Uh, So. uh, Uh,
1: We get Magi's sacrifice scene where the planets align and she relinquishes her power.
2: Yes. um, This is stupid. Not really explained.
1: I hate this scene. I straight up hate this scene. This is my least favorite part of the movie.
2: It's just, I'll miss you. And then the fairies are supercharged.
1: God, what is happening in this scene? Like she, she gives, she relinquishes her power to a tiny seed, gives it to Krista. All the other fairies turn blue and fly around them like some weird magic vortex. Like, I
2: didn't mind it. I thought it was like, I don't know, it's like the forest coming alive to fight back.
1: God, I, I don't like. I get it. It's just stupid.
2: And she says the magic of creation exists within a single seed. I, I think that's a good line.
1: It's okay. I wish she didn't have eight different departing like fond farewells for fond farewell lines yeah like she's like i'll always love you i'll never truly be gone see the the power exists within us all yeah save the world like she she goes on and on (laughs) like let Um, me feel some let me feel some uh, let me feel something to krista's loss don't like gloss over it right by by uh by saying it eight times it's it's not messy enough it's not a messy enough uh death scene
2: right it's too perfect and it's it's perfect and then it takes way too long in the next part as well when Hexus and the leveler attack because it's just minutes of them running around lamenting their fate just like yeah just like fairy panic
1: yeah i like fairy panic generally like it's pretty good in wizards yeah um <laughs> But uh, yeah, there, there's not much of a there's not much focus here.
2: Um, but and and are you know, if uh, if May, Meiji was the the head, you know, running around with their heads cut off, Zack, because he doesn't have that connection, uh, because he is a human and can operate outside of nature, uh, he wants to fight. And him and Batty, you know, head into the machine.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't really understand why. I didn't really understand like the rules governing this fairy stuff. Like, they're not allowed to deal with the leveler because it's not nature.
2: I think they were just spending all their fairy energy to protect, like, to just hold it off.
1: Yeah, wasn't there like they they like made like a crude construct to get in its way or something? I not, couldn't really tell.
2: Not much happened.
1: Yeah,
3: and the uh, point, the I, I don't point really like. That...
1: I don't really like fantasy mysticism. Like, it didn't work in Lord of the Rings, and it doesn't really work here. It's a little too heavy-handed.
2: Yeah. the I like what they do later with the with the single seed. That part works. That one's but fine. But in terms of I, just, like, fairies need to band together.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I didn't... The fact that I hollow. don't know what they did t- to help stop the leveler is telling. Yeah. I wouldn't have minded seeing, like, miniature bows or, like, throwing rocks or something. Something physical that I could latch on to, oh, they're trying to help. Mm-hmm. But no, they're just glowing and being generally around. It's not enough.
2: Yeah, or if they if they hooked up those little, um, you know, water backpacks and and got rid of the oil by cleaning it up like uh, like in Super Mario Sunshine. Sure. Yeah. That would have been. If great. They
1: all got it, little individual fairy floods. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is just flood, but with a with a voice on helium.
0: <laughs> Mario.
2: I guess
1: it was. Wow! Dead. How did you do that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That legitimately sounded exactly like that and you just had it ready. Really? Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, man. Uh, I didn't realize you
1: could do that. Mario. Mario.
2: There it is. Oh. <laughs> Add that to the list.
0: Here's the th- baby Bowser.
2: Um, Beep, boop. <laughs> Beep, boop. <laughs> Beep boop. Beep boop. <laughs> it's really hard to think while you're doing that.
1: Beep boop, they're going to destroy the thing, We have you're, to get in this way.
2: You're veering into Alpha 5. <laughs>
1: oh I saw, the, <laughs> I saw
2: the power rangers remake uh recently
1: oh yeah how was it Ex-
2: exactly what i wanted out of it
1: <laughs> yeah that that makes sense i feel like what you wanted out of it is what not what most people were promised out of it
2: i got what i wanted they're making sequels i'm happy
1: you're 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 an easy sell <laughs> which i don't mean in an offensive way it's got power and rangers Yes. Oh man, it's twice what I wanted.
2: <laughs> I would have settled yeah, over, for either. Over, le- leave something for the sequel, guys. I would have settled for it and.
3: <laughs> uh,
2: so Zach, uh, where uh, are we? Betty, Betty sh- throws Zach into the window. Um, Robin
1: Williams improvs a bunch of movie quotes to get Zach there, which I think I'll cut in here.
2: I discounted that entirely.
1: <laughs> uh, I like that. When they're going toward the, they're tr- like Zach is trying to get the attention of his bros inside the leveler. At which point, one of the worker guys says, "Hey, Tone, there's a little man on the windshield there."
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sir Tone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Humans.
1: Yeah, they're they're silly. Um, Pips helps Zach get into the cockpit where he shuts off the machine uh, by turning the key.
2: Well, well, hold up because they're. If tries to convince the engineers to stop, Hexus yells at them, and they're like, horrible smoke monster, getting out.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll agree to, like, tearing down this rainforest because my boss said so, but if there's not a dime in it, no, well, if this, I'm this, on the line?
2: This plays into the wider metaphor. When confronted with, you know, the, the horrible forces they've been working under, rather than try and stop it, they just abandon ship.
1: Yeah, yeah, once they're personally threatened, once they have a personal stake in what's going on, hmm they're like nope
2: and we finally get this dramatic music for more than like half a half a minute um, this works okay I, worked, I don't mind this i think the horns make it sound sufficiently technological like this mm-hmm. this is the only time where the bombastic like scary music actually worked for me
1: yeah yeah i, I think it was okay um and it's it's it followed up pretty well because zach turns off the machine momentarily before hexis kind of drains it of all its like oil power and turns into like this sweet pollution lich and I'm pretty sure that was a Dark Souls boss
2: so the way that this is done is you know Hexus fades away because the ignition's off and you're like that's the worst anti-climax and then he comes back like it doesn't make sense that he comes back but it's, it, it it's works better form. as a climax yeah second form like he's a lava skeleton which is not a skeleton I knew I wanted
1: but it was the skeleton that we deserve. That's right. Um, I, I really like his his second form here. I'm glad it happened. I don't really care that it took kind of a rocky anticlimax to get there.
2: Mm-hmm. And now Krista, who's the true protagonist, can can be the one to stop him,
1: which is good because I didn't want Zach to be the the p- person who solved it.
2: Just turn off a key.
1: Yeah, well, it's just kind of white man's burden. Like, I kind of just didn't need him to be the,
2: yeah. the hero of the people. Yeah, Krista uses the power of nature. She uh, she grabs that. And seat. and
1: again, we hear Granny's voice. She won't shut up. <laughs> Granny, <laughs> she won't you shut had up. Your time. All the magic of creation exists within a single tiny. Se- we know Granny.
2: <laughs> we saw our memory, Our memories aren't that bad. You said it like four minutes ago. Granny's been alive a long time. <laughs> she for, she forgets things. You like know, like a thousand years.
1: <laughs> I, I was really hoping that Krista would just huck the seed in there like a nature oh, grenade.
2: No, even better. She jumps in. Jumps right yeah. into Hexus's mouth to grow a tree inside of him.
1: Yeah, it's like the Kraken.
2: <laughs> and uh, and Pips inspires the others to help it grow. And so they all like... All the fairies intome Hexus within even a like a better tree. It's
1: pretty cool I, I like, looking. Yeah, I like how uh, they're... they're uh, the way they do it is not to, like, make a big tree and then trap Hexus in It's, like, to make Hexus the tree that traps itself. Like, it's it's not a different thing, but it just, the animation articulates in a cool way.
2: It's not redemption, but it is, like, an inversion that works as a climax. hmm You know, it, it feels like a dramatic irony.
1: At the same time, I was a little bit weirded out that Hexus just gets trapped again. Yeah. that's not that's not how that's not how these stories generally go It's like, a bigger tree though they start trapped they get out the heroes destroy the evil not the heroes trap the evil again until the next one you don't think that was like sequel baiting do you
2: it's because the battle is never really over and I'm telling you the sequel is them just rescuing animals
1: i i like I like that interpretation as well I don't think that's what it was, but I'll take that away from it because I can mmm uh, yeah. So yeah, we get an. Epilogue. Also, didn't we establish earlier that nature has no place in extra natural affairs? Um. So why are we able to deal with hexes directly?
2: Hexes is natural. I don't. I don't think Hex it's is, a supernatural thing.
1: Hexes is not a natural thing.
2: Yeah. Oil, chemicals.
1: Nope. Forget it. These I'm are not all into things. it. Nope. I'm not into it. <laughs> um. But yeah, we're, we're coming around the ep- the the. The kind of the kind of falling action of the movie, where Zach tells Krista that he wants to stay, but ultimately has to go back to make sure humans never harm Ferngully.
2: Yeah. Well, first off, Hex is uh, uh, Krista's alive.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, of course she is.
2: <laughs> yeah, reborn in a flower.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. There was a little dramatic beat there. I guess maybe not. Obviously, like, it could have been the sacrifice that made this a world like the 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 sacra the the cost of having this battle is kind of already done like damage has already been done right by the time we by the time we recognize the danger uh, it's not it's not a free pass yeah. something something has to be sacrificed
2: and, and as you said Zach leaves because um, they say hexes can't hurt them ever again but humans still can
1: thank God you telling me us telling us that Zach because nothing else in the movie did
2: <laughs> yeah that was undercut severely by the presence of Hexus.
1: yeah and then krista says to him but mostly to us don't forget about ferngully
2: please don't <laughs> can guys you, can you like al gore this up a little bit please yeah
1: yeah an inconvenient what do we want to do here ferngully an, an inconvenient spirit
2: of deforestation um and but Zach says, you know, there's a part of me that doesn't want to leave. And Krista says, you know, a part of you never will. And then they just bone down <laughs> over the oh, end yeah. credit sequence. We're, tre-
1: we're treated to a ten minute kind of <laughs> just going <laughs> like, to town. Yep, this this kind of <laughs> deviant
2: art and all that.
1: Like a like a like a medley of the Kama Sutra. It's delightful.
2: All the fairies are watching. They're like, it's natural. Counts. We're good. Yeah.
1: Batty is doing some voiceovers Which I think are a little unsavory But whatever
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's going Going It's good
2: <laughs> He lines up the shot <laughs> uh, Obviously that doesn't happen folks. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it.
1: But we, we, we do we, Zach does leave uh, with his buds Talking about how much blue balls he has And how they have to save for He's like, guys, things have got to change.
2: Yeah, well, so he's regrown to meet up with his engineer buddies, uh, and the devastation remains, Mm -hmm. and he he takes the seed that Krista gave him, and he plants it, and he says, a present for my friends for Thanksgiving. (laughs) No, no, no. I
1: forgot about that. (laughs) No, no, you're
2: right. He tells them to be better environmentalists.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that whole, like, last two minutes of the movie is directly to the audience but it's not unearned like the fact that this movie was entertaining as it was allows you to be that blatant in your in your denouement
2: at, at no point did this movie disguise what it was about
1: it didn't disguise what it was about and it but it also wasn't preachy which was one of the things that I think the producer said he didn't want the movie to be preachy he wanted it to be entertainment first with an environmental core it was and in that regard thick. it succeeds
2: this was a dense. See, I, I never quite got away from my feeling of this movie as the good parts were very dense with message, with good dialogue, with good visuals.
1: The characters definitely, definitely were endearing the for the most part. The characters
2: added to it, but then there were also a lot of segments that just completely passed me by.
1: Yeah, it feels a little bit like it was some... It, it felt a little bit like compromise to make it an enjoyable kids movie Mm -hmm. um which i i don't know if they could have done better i definitely agree that there were weaker parts that i wouldn't have done that i would have done without
2: it won't feel as laid on too thick when targeted at the proper demographic Mm -hmm. you know we've seen this before and even then it feels competently done oh it's using the, the
1: same language but it's using a different inflection
2: before we forget, uh, it actually ends with a dedication uh, to our children and our children's children.
1: Ooh, that's good.
2: And then there's an incongruous song.
1: Yeah, but whatever. Like, this movie has been full of incongruous songs. <laughs> so, like, let, let's not get our <laughs> knickers in a twist on that one.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's that's Ferngully. It's, it's a mass of contradictions, isn't it?
1: There's a lot in here that doesn't feel like it was really. It, it it does feel a little bit contradictory at times, like the whole nature. I think Hexis really exemplifies that better than anything else.
2: Yeah. So if if you take this movie the way it's supposed to be taken, with everything as a strong metaphor, it undercuts its own points in a few different ways. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you just take it as little entertainment, it comes onto. To Aesop-y, so uh, there's no real perfect middle, but it is a, it's a good film.
1: It's a good film, and I think like if you're not trying to judge it too harshly, or on, if you're not trying to view it as like a piece, uh, if you're not trying to view it as like a pamphlet or or a, or a pita flyer, then yeah. it it uh, gets the point across competently. If you are trying to view it as like a uh, as a uh, as like a uh, like a manifesto, then yeah, if you're it's, doing
2: a term paper on this, it's not
1: going to be. It's not going to be clear what your what your point is.
2: And even if even if you don't like this film, it is mercifully short. It is. Like I, I you know, we had some uh, breaks in the recording of this, but I fully assume that our episode is going to be way longer <laughs> than the movie itself.
1: I think it probably will be. Yeah. Um, if you were to judge this on a pass fail, as far as like what they set out to do, make an entertainment. St- tainting story that it had a strong environmentalism theme, would you pass it?
2: I would pass it on that criteria. And in fact, I would give it maybe like a high B if I were grading it on either of those themes separately, either entertainment or education, maybe more like a B minus.
1: I think it still passes though. Like on yeah. either of those other ones. Yeah, it does. I, I think that it's, it fails most if you're trying to view it too, w- with too critical a lens. The overall strokes are fine. It's when you dig down and recognize that there's not really a lot of, there isn't really a compelling argument for why industry is like that in the first place. Um, there's no need for Hexus, right? Which is one of my more, which is one of my more beloved Disney franchises, or, or no, one of my more beloved uh, anime, uh, harem anime. Hexus. No need for Hexus. <laughs> no need for Hexus. <laughs> Tenchi you remember how Tenchi Muyo it meant no need for Tenchi
2: yeah Hexus Muyo
1: that's that's what I was going for no Tenchi Hexus. we gotta <laughs>
2: we gotta wash this off
1: <laughs> how oh man we all gotta wash off there's only one shower what are we what are we gonna do
2: <laughs> Tenchi you know we can um you know, Take I turns? A great,
1: there's a time-saving tech- mechanism you might not be thinking about. It taught to me by the old fairies. Some su- suggestive undertones you were missing, to, you were failing to pick up on, Tenshi-san.
2: Huh? <laughs> oh, you mean environmentalism. <laughs> Whatever you say, bodacious babe. <laughs> yeah, Uh, yeah. so that's Fern Gully. Mm-hmm.
1: What's your favorite part of the movie? Hmm.
2: You know my least favorite part. I think I liked, um, just like the, the emotional connection between Zach and Krista. Like how their relationship growed.
1: It's weird that that relationship gave us the texture of both of those sides of the environmentalism argument.
2: It was just, it was cute and awkward, and you can read more into it the way you are. Um, I, I, I thought it was can. just a sweet love story. About a love hey, that could both. never be.
1: Yeah, it's a little stark. Cross it's it's both, but it's. I thought that it, that was the emotional centerpiece of the of the movie.
2: Mm. What about you, the baddie rap?
1: No, no, <laughs> not the baddie rap. I, I think that uh, that was also my favorite part was uh them that kind of like culture clash and them kind of overcoming it. Yeah, like little bits like that, like him carving his name in the tree and not recognizing that it's oh, not recognizing it for the action that it is. is. Mm-hmm that that's like those like little ignorance parts that doesn't it doesn't absolve him of guilt it doesn't absolve him of responsibility but it's understandable in in his brain yeah, in he, the context of growing up in that society
2: he's learning and she's patient as he's learning and by the end like it's that's a, a good point
1: that's a good point she's patient
2: yeah oh super helpful
1: how many times have you like heard somebody i remember i was on the street in boston one time and somebody was like handing out flyers and is like talking about like this environmental activism that they're doing and I was like I was like trying to shove him away. I am like I'm oh, sorry, man. I'm busy and his reaction was like, oh, I get it. You just don't care <laughs> I'm like god it how is this the way you sell people on your cause is to berate them?
2: <laughs> that might have been a function of being in Boston.
1: Don't alienate the people you're trying to indoctrinate into your
2: ideals. Oh, well, I've, I've been—I've gotten into some Facebook arguments about this. I don't want to get started on a whole thing.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, I appreciated that she was the patient tutor. Mm-hmm. Because that, I think, that is the best way to help people understand. Is not and, to be judgmental, to be understanding and patient.
2: And I think it would have been nice if she had been able to learn more from him, like if 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 they had had that conversation like well why you why are you working for them like well you know they pay me they give me money well, what's that would money? have been a good way to that oh, would have we, been a good we way need to money interest. to live because we don't have berries just falling from the sky all the time
1: that would have been a good way to kind of shoehorn in the the other side of it yet yeah, not the other side cuz like
2: both sides i don't think
1: i don't think that either one of us is like environmentalism is a bad thing <laughs> like, i don't think <laughs> we're not saying that we're saying we need greater context for this uh, if if we're gonna work toward a workable argument.
2: solution, we need to acknowledge that the other side has some points that can't just be hand waved.
1: Yeah, exactly. Can't yeah. be hand waved. They can be dis- they can be dismissed like via other arguments, or they can be met by alternative solutions to their problems. But you can't just say you're just evil and wrong, and so I'm not gonna listen to you.
3: Right. Well,
1: you have to listen to them. They're the ones with the power. They yeah. control the leveler. <laughs> Diplomacy is necessary here. It's just a matter of being able to speak the right language. Yeah.
2: And it takes two of them to make a baby that is our new world. <laughs> what do you Ooh. want to name this child, Krista? Ig- Yggdrasil. <laughs> oh, the mother tree? we' to call him Iggy. <laughs> <laughs> Iggy. Iggy Pop from Flintstones and Jetsons? Don't Full do circle. it, Zane. Don't go down that road. <laughs> um, so, what are we watching next time?
3: Uh,.
1: Well, I wanted to say a couple more things about the, like, just little extra things.
2: Oh, bad. <laughs> what? I'm so tired. No, it's, a, oh, it's well, fine.
1: Let me do one more thing. Uh, yeah. I like that the musical segments were as short as they were.
2: It, it was, it's not bad. It's just very, un. I was very unused to the way that they just came and went.
1: It's a different format, but I like how they, I got used to them coming in,
2: showcasing the genre,
1: letting us enjoy the scenery and getting out.
2: Yeah, just the rainforest is a place where magic happens sometimes.
1: And sometimes the magic is jazz, and sometimes it's rap. And yeah. that's fine. It didn't really have a point. It just from an entertainment perspective, I think that's the right length for a song in a movie. Mm. Like, these are shorter songs than you get in
2: TV shows. Well, there's no chorus to these.
1: Yeah, it It's just, like
2: verse one, maybe verse two.
1: Maybe. Uh, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Oh, okay. That's all I had. But I didn't want that to go by the wayside because I wanted to praise it for it.
2: Sounds good. Yep. So what are we right. watching next time?
1: So next time, uh, we are going back to a time in which we were just fourteen, and <laughs> our parents built a very strange podcast machine. Designed, Zane, help me! <laughs> I can't get out.
3: Hmm.
2: Oh, you went ghost.
1: <laughs> um, I, I was going ghost. The uh, so yeah. Next next time we're going to watch uh, Danny Phantom.
2: Yeah, and. Uh, I, I went back and watched a few episodes so far. It's um, it's not as as all around great as I remember it being. And it's, I wouldn't expect it to be. It's similar enough in a lot of ways to Fairly Odd Parents that I never quite felt like it got away, like out of the shadow of it. But I think we'll have plenty to talk about.
1: I'm I'm interested to view how the quality of those shows differ based on which one was created first, and also if the different age generation. Uh, does anything for it?
2: Uh, I think that the I think what we'll find is that the stylistic designs work better for one than the other. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh yeah. Well, uh, we'll figure it out. And Zane, what are we doing after that?
2: Anime. It's um, another anime segment. Yeah, it is. And um, Hexus Muyo? <laughs> Come on, Hexus <laughs> Muyo, Please, Hex- please, please, please. We're gonna watch Hexus Muyo. There you go. No, so um, we're going to take a look it's actually got kind of a, a nature civilization dichotomy as well um but it's it's much it, it's much less uh, prominent because the focus is actually on um the economy and medieval trading techniques we're gonna be watching spice and wolf
1: i have tried this before and discarded it almost immediately so mm. i guess we're gonna try
2: this yeah make you what work you, for it
1: it doesn't have to be a genre but if you put it in one what would it be
2: uh it's yeah, I had trouble like naming this. I think it's maybe an,
1: like low fantasy?
2: Low fantasy or adventure. Um yeah. it's, it's got aspects of romance as well, but I wouldn't it's a lot of weird stuff. I guess Medi- shot? I guess medieval adventure is the way to do it, but it's really low like there ain't gonna be swords and fighting in this.
1: No, it's more of a drama than uh than an action adventure.
2: Yeah, I would say that.
1: Okay. Uh well. I haven't given it an honest go. I haven't given it a college try, so I guess we'll see.
2: Yeah, give it a college try.
1: Okie doke. And uh, just make sure that when you are in that college, you talk in something other than Surfer Jive.
2: And that girl, you use those renewable light bulbs that they give you. Got
1: to use renewable light bulbs. Zach. There it is. I, I, th- I wanted to say Brett. <laughs> Iggy? iggy uh yeah and so uh listener if you are interested in commenting on either danny phantom or spice and wolf go ahead to uh the cartoncast uh facebook page or our website cartoncast.com and leave a comment um leave a rating or a review on itunes it helps us out a lot and uh more than anything else just tell your friends about the show Hmm. yep zane what are we leaving on uh, we're leaving on a jet plane back to... Don't know when we'll be back again. Humanity
2: to mm-hmm. tell them about our magical adventure in the rainforest, and we will promptly be put into an asylum.
1: And also those hot chicks that we boned down with on the grass.
2: Listen, man, we got to save the environment because there's these like fairies. Do you have any idea?
1: <laughs> Do you have any idea of the free range tail that you can get with underneath the mushroom? I bet you don't.
2: And they are just so taken with how much we like nature. So just like... <laughs> Oh, what is this? A mushroom? Tell me about it. They love it. <laughs> I feel gross now. Oh, I feel terrible.
3: <laughs> you think the only people who are people are the people who look and think like you. But if you walk the footsteps of a stranger, you'll learn things you never knew you never knew. Have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon? Or ask the grinning bobcat why he grinned? Can you sing with all the voices of the mountain? Can you paint with all the colors of the wind?